Hey, Spencer, have you heard of Lisa Lampanelli? Oh, you're talking about the queen of mean, right? Yeah, but she's also become the queen of lean. Did you know that? She has a, a play called Stuffed, where she delivers brash, skinny insight from the fridge to your ears. No, oh, yeah, not, no. I don't think that's what happens in the play. <laughs> I've actually heard reviews for the New York Times that have said uh, Stuffed offers laughs, genuine pain, and even a bit of insight. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Why? Is that relevant to anything? Well, well, you know, yeah, Lisa Lampanelli, she's got a lot of street cred, and she's also got a new Feral Audio uh, podcast um, where she and her co-host, Mike Morse, uh, talk about health, food, body image, everything else to help you be the best you you can be. That's a that's a, that's a a real hairpin turn for the queen of mean. She's, she's stopped stomping on uh, political sensitivities uh, long enough to help you self-actualize and get, engage in some self-care. So what? She dishes out some tough love as she takes your questions about being fat? Fat, being skinny, being anything but right, and helps you grab a little self-acceptance. I mean, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, but there's other stuff too. Like if you if you want to get yelled at by uh, Lisa, you can email get stuffed at feralaudio.com, uh, and maybe she'll uh, she'll make you feel like a piece of shit on the, on the podcast, <laughs> or, or or maybe she'll make you feel better. I, you you don't know with Lisa Lampanelli, she's the queen. Of mean and lean, um, <laughs> give their give her hotline a ring three four seven four six four two six five four, and you might end up in the show that way too. But in either case, it's worth a listen. It's free. Like uh, I think it's very interesting that she that she's 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 like had some transformative n- nutritional experience that she and now is is, is doing insights because you know what's interesting about the idea of Lisa Lampanelli talking about body image and stuff is that we already know that she doesn't give a shit about what your feelings so and and what we probably need to do more of when we're talking about um, health issues and stuff is actually have some frank conversations we're a very fat country very diabetic country very diluted uh, v- vain. Um, uh, self-loathing, uh, shallow country. Like, like, what, what, what do we need to do to actually be healthy? I, I, I would trust uh, uh, the queen of mean turned queen of lean to, to, to tell me that. Yeah. So make sure you subscribe to uh, get stuffed. Get stuffed. Kick the craving. Subscribe to get stuffed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeralAudio.com/slash get stuffed, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage. The new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. My name is Robert Patrick. I play Gary Tyson. That's Gary Tyson with an I. In the film Last Rampage. Evil broke loose in 1978. Arizona State Penitentiary. You know, that was interesting. What, what, what it was like playing a real person as opposed to a, a fictional character. It, it was really trying to wrap your head around how this guy could do some of the things that he could do. That was the, the things that you were drawn on. Of course, I, I, there was no way you're going to try to do an impersonation of a guy, nor was I going to try to, you know, get as heavy as the guy. Uh, I didn't have enough time to really go that route. But I, I, you know, I found him really, really interested in trying to live up to the charisma that he had. I fell in love with the folklore of the story, like there, you know, the the whole idea that he was a guy that was raised uh, during the Great Depression. See that, from a historical point of view, those kind of stories resonate with me. That yearning for something better, trying to find it, have to steal to get it, 
How do you deal with that if you're a religious person? You know, how do you run underneath that? How do you justify it? He had a double life sentence that he began to push his wife and his kids to say, God, you know, I'm going to serve one term, and when I die, I'm going to serve another term in hell. Uh, I got to get out of this. And and the 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 link that he was willing to uh, uh, go to to get his kids to help him get through this and get him out of prison was it was fascinating to me. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters and available on iTunes and all on-demand platforms today. For more information, visit truecrimelive.com or follow the movie on Twitter at Last Rampage Film or on facebook.com slash lastrampagefilm. Meltdown Comics in Hollywood, California! <laughs> Harmontown is now in session. Please welcome to the stage the mayor of Harmontown, Mr. Dan Harmon! Thank you. Thank you for coming out. You're all wonderful. Let's figure uh, everything out. <laughs> How are you, Dan? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I just came from doing uh, uh, the treatment with Elvis Mitchell. Californians will know what I'm talking about. KCRW, Elvis Mitchell. Uh, very, very wily and, and unexpectedly deep researcher in terms of his interviews. I don't know. I can't figure that guy out. Like he was asking me questions about like comic books I wrote in the '90s. I, I don't know if he just is he. Uh, I couldn't. It was weird. He, he sat. Mean, weird how? Like he did so much research. Well, it was, just, it was very insightful and and asking strange questions that had never been asked and drawing. Uh, I, I I I had heard him interview people before. I always always fantasized about being a guest of his. Uh, you know, kind of like uh, one day maybe I'll maybe I'll be a writer and I'll. I'll be interviewed by this guy who interviews writers. Uh, and uh, somebody had told me, yeah, he, 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 uh, he draws weird parallels and, and connects weird dots that, that may or may not be there but you. I, and then he did. He, he did. He was talking about how all of my work was about sensitivity, uh, exposed nerves. That's what he kept saying. I kept saying it's about humanity versus systems. Uh, that's what I always thought. But he kept saying exposed nerves, which I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is that just... I feel like you have exposed nerves. Yeah. I mean, well, everyone does. What does that even mean? I don't know. It feels like I just hit one right now. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was odd and insightful. I was, I was, I was on fire, I do, guess. Do you think it's a catchphrase of his that he's applied to lots of people? No, or God, that, no. That's absolutely something that not. he just gave you. No, it's, I, 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 I don't think he doesn't have catchphrases. That he doesn't have catch-alls that he uses with each in, uh, individual guest. It's just that with each guest, his, the gimmick seems to be that he, he kind of all of a sudden is asking a question that's sort of like, well, oh yeah, I guess. I guess so. I guess. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. 
listen to it. I'm plugging it. I was happy with the interview. But the other weird thing is it was at the house of the guy who created SpongeBob SquarePants. And, <laughs> but he wasn't on the show. It was just at his house. Is it always at his house? Or no, does, it's does not. He, does he always host from a different... Uh, no, he does not always host from a house. And no, there's not... It was pulled up at a, at, a, at a giant house, the kind of house you'd expect to have if you created SpongeBob SquarePants. A giant pineapple. Rolled in. And there were... There, it, it was, there was just all these people. I guess they're KCRW donors, like kind of, kind of well-heeled liberal types. Like... A kind of ersatz uh, Tim Robbins's and uh, uh, eat, eating 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 prosciutto and and things and drinking delightful like Campari drinks. And they're, they're, they were low budge Tim Robbins. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call them low budge. I mean, ersatz. For all we know. Well, all right. Well, I'm saying non Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins's ha- handsome old men with gray feathered hair. Okay, uh, but just but just not. Yeah. They weren't in the Hudsucker proxy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There were there were actors. There were I'm sure there were a lot of them were captains of industry or something. They were all patrons of public. Uh, all hanging radio. out at the creator of SpongeBob's house. All at SpongeBob's house. Even though SpongeBob, who I talked to, I, I don't think he likes to be called SpongeBob. <laughs> He, he was he was just like yeah it's at my house man uh, good to have you here and I kept, so he was there like was, was he, yeah was, but was, only because his wife was like she she I think she's into I think I think from talking to him what I gleaned is his wife is very active in that community and uh, uh, so offered up their home as a venue the 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 highfalutin liberal writer type community or what community? Well, I don't know. These people were, I believe they were primarily donors. Ah. They were like people who really keep KCRW going, I think. Oh, I see. I got you, yeah. Uh, So, uh, just just the strangest, I, I said to Elvis Mitchell when I got there, well, I've listened to your show a bunch of times. I've heard you interview people. I've never, I didn't know that when I was listening to it, you were in a living room full of Middle-aged ersatz Tim hipsters. Uh, I didn't. I didn't, never. Never picked up on that. He said, "No, no, we've never done this before." Uh, I was like, "Okay, all right. And I'll see you. See you on the ice." And and uh, and he and we just sat in front of a fireplace, surrounded by delightful, uh, uh, primarily Caucasoid, uh, uh, like like people kind of just sitting in enthralled at every little word I had to say about how I was angry at, at executives and how humanity should fight the system and it was it was it was, it was, was it, invigorating did you ever get like a back rub from anybody or? there was a point where Elvis started like you know rubbing me and uh, but it was radio so you won't be able to tell from listening but and I didn't feel like I was allowed to say no I think which if- is fucked up but I'm, but I, I also don't feel like I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. But also, you you have a lot of exposed nerves. You know? Yeah. He, 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 what do you mean? <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was interesting. And I also, I felt very, uh, ver- I felt very articulate. I, I I went up and I, I stumbled over my words very little. I don't know if it was. I felt like I felt like I was in a room full of my parents or something, and I had to like, I had to rise to the level of my cardigan. Had you, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to be, to be uh, glib. Like, had you drunk less? Like, had, did you, did you show up a little? No, I like, had like three of these wonderful drinks they made that were Campari uh, grapefruit drinks. Wow. Um, I don't know if I was less drunk than 
I usually am at I, I four in the I, afternoon. I, 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 I'm asking, was it a gig? You go like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a no. I wasn't. I was, no, if, if, if anything, this. I was a little panicked about how sober I was because I was like, I don't want to. I don't want my brain to get in the way of what's going on here. I've got a lot of weird class issues and stuff. This is a living room full of rich people listening to me. Did you make any friends outside of uh, Elvis? I don't make friends. I don't know what that means. You mean like a I mean, snowman? Like you go in the front yard and you. <laughs> How do you make a friend? <laughs> you, you and these white people that are on the couch with the, with the gray hair and the back rubs. I mean, was there any like was there an after party? Did you guys? Uh, did there you guys... was a, there was a mingling. In, and... my, in my mind, the sun goes down and you guys are in the tub. <laughs> it gets it gets bacchanalian. Yeah. Hey guys, there's, there's a room full of swim trunks. We got all sizes. Whatever you want. No, but I, I was really taken and, and a little put off by how. How handsome everyone was! I feel like they're because they're all over fifty and they all look under thirty, and I and I'm forty one and I look sixty. Like I, I I and I felt like that was okay. But the guy that created SpongeBob's got a fifteen year old kid, and I, I won't I won't drop his age. He told me how old he was, and I I was shocked. I was like, you know it's weird when somebody tells you how old they are, and your uh, my response was like. Holy shit! But I forgot to say I'm saying that because you look young. So it's just sort of goes like I'm 52, and you go, "Wow, <laughs> fuck, Jesus. Jesus Christ, holy smoke, what's that like?" Uh, <laughs> but there's a like like they there's a I mean like, like people that are they, they I don't know they must eat algae and not drink and just walk on a treadmill and do crunches fight crime I don't, I don't know, know what they do and they, we, we their both, faces look like little Ken dolls. We've both been to parties full of. Like, like, like rich white people, they they tend to like people with lots of money tend to age well. They get really good health care and shit. Uh, so, so, yeah, so the guy that created they take SpongeBob, a lot of vacations. They get they get some vitamin D and stuff like that. You they know, know like, yeah, they know how to. And I, I wonder, does that mean they're going to live to 150, or does that mean, as Aaron said, no, they're just going to they're going to die when you die, but they're going to do so gracefully. They'll probably die 20 years later too, by the way. But 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 I mean, they'll they'll have a better quality of life. Uh, he looks like Davy Jones, the guy that created SpongeBob. He is like the number of his age is like you're like wow you should have you should have thrown in the towel biologically uh, it's it's a couple years older than me but it's like I associate it with like fuck it like why, like I, you should be wearing Kleenex boxes on your feet and you should be like f- flipping off traffic and f- shooting your TV with a 38 and fucking like checking out man right. and he looks right, like but, Davy Jones but he created that show a long time ago That's yeah like, and he looks great yeah okay I see what you're saying. It's just amazing to me. Like I, I get a little jealous. I guess I should eat some kale or something. I, I feel like that the secret for like for the wealthy uh, uh, people that I know that that have awesome lives, they they spend a lot of their time uh, on vacation. There's lots of like rivieras and things. You know, you're on a boat a lot. Here's somebody who's who's who's. This is to me. This is a truly truly remarkable. I, I I wish there was a way we could. Somebody, somebody, Wikipedia Stan Winston and tell me how old he is. Is that the, the special effects guy? Yeah, he was on a. Uh, we're watching the the newest season of King of the Nerds. Remember when we had Genevieve Pearson on the show? She was a yeah. contestant on King of the Nerds. There's a new season of that. Stan Winston comes out with a robot he built or whatever. He looks like a fuck. He looks like Tony Hawk or well, thing something. Is, like I, said, I, I have been to his old house many times because Ryan Stiles from Who's Line bought his old house in L.A. I think he recently sold. And his house is up in like this old house that he got rid of. 
You'd be young if you had this house. Uh, it's up in like the, the the valley side of the Hollywood Hills, like towards Encino. There's a backyard that if you could, th- if you were the guy in the world that could throw a football the farthest, you couldn't throw a football out of that yard. And there was a, it was like a, the, the front of it looked like if Bilbo Baggins was as tall as Gandalf. It looked like a Shire home, except the person that lived there was 11 feet tall. You know, we, we have shared units of measure, like acres and yards. If you, you don't have to... Nobody knows... No, I see, fuck you, because... Well, fuck, okay, no, no. Right, right, right. If, if I said, Dan, it was, it was 14,000 no, square feet, you would go, right. ooh, la, la. You wouldn't know what I was talking about. You're right, you would you're say, right. How many, you would say, how many hobbits? How many Gandalfs? If I was a Gandalf, how many hobbits? Okay. How dare you? All right. You hit my exposed nerve, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but I really did. It, it's a house that from the front, you go, that looks like a nice, beautiful, like, uh, a Bilbo Baggins' Gandalf house. And you get inside it. You can get lost in the cocksucker. You can actually hang a wrong turn. And, and you go, like, okay, I don't remember how to get back to the wine cellar. I, I know that there was a, a pool table, but you can't. It's, and, and fuck it, like, I think it's not all, like, as I, the, the old uh, comic. Does everybody, if you go to Pottery Barn, um, I, I, if you're lucky enough to get it before they sell out of the five that they keep on the counter, Jeff's um, album of uh, uh, covers of classics, it's, it's called Lost in the Cocksucker. <laughs> It's so beautiful. Like yeah. you do, you, you're not. It's not original stuff, but you really bring new life into. Uh, no, it's, it's all. It's all. It's only a paper it, moon. It, it's, and, yeah, yeah, so I do sound of silence. It's yeah. good stuff. It's uh, it's, it's, it's m- mostly zither. <laughs> but I feel like like as, as the comic Joe E. Lewis from the 20s, 30s uh, said, he said, "Money isn't everything, but it calms the nerves a little." And I yeah. think that there's a thing about wealth. If you if you're not, I mean, you, oh, wealth can also destroy you. Wealth can turn you into a Scrooge, and, and, and it can and it can crush and and, and weaken your cells. I think by, by if, you, if all you care about is competition. But there are people, and I, th- I think you know, in our in our world, the, the, this little enclave that we live in, that I don't meet rich tycoons. I don't I don't meet entrepreneurs and shit. I meet rich comedians and singers and stuff like that. And I think it may be the art that keeps them young. But I think there's a way to. A, a way to grow old gracefully, and certainly money doesn't hurt. Uh, uh, speaking of 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 uh, now, nah, fuck that. Okay. Uh, um. All right. So here's a new segment called "What Am I Doing?" What's Dan Harmon doing? So the most boring segment we've ever done. Let's get it out of the way. Do you have a boring song? A boring song? Or that song I almost started the show with. Uh, <laughs> So tomorrow morning I'm going in. You guys may have may have seen me on Twitter or the whatnot making fun of the fact that there's this Dungeons and Dragons anthology on tape coming out on tape. It's on ceramic disc. On audible bit bites. Ice T did this like uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing. Like, right? he went in, was just like, and he was there. He was interviewed about it. And I guess he was saying things like, "Yeah, it's the weirdest thing I ever read. I couldn't. <laughs> it's a bunch of gobbledygook." And... I've been doing my impression of Ice T. D- first thing, not the orc came down the mountain wielding his axe plus three. It wasn't personal. It was business. Wait, I got, can I hit pause real quick? Sure. I, I have because I've got, I, I currently have fourteen questions. 
question number one. He is the, a dungeon master. He's narrating. He's reading it. He's out loud? reading a book, an audible book. It's about. It's a. It's a. Um, it's a. It's a. <laughs> it's a D and D book. Thanks a lot. <laughs> what a lighthouse. <laughs> In my stammering, the only words I had were D&D book. Like a player's guide or a monster manual? Or? <laughs> well, Adam, you think you know? It's a, it's a, there's a... There, Adam? Okay, okay Adam, shit, well, Adam. I mean, we... Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's excited. They're not saying boo, they're saying Adam. <laughs> I, I was saying boo. Uh, no, uh, he's doing a D&D novel, and he talked on his podcast, which he now has, about how motherfuckers have maps for places that don't even exist. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I read this to my D. I lived did somebody this to my D group, and we named our group "Places That Don't Motherfucking Exist." Did, he, did, did someone put him up to this, or some genius producer? He has a bad agent. Well, I don't know because it's, it's not like he wants for money. Although in other interviews, he's said that he basically he's driven. Joel and Kale is like this. Like 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 it's, uh, sometimes no matter how much money you have, you might be driven by a compul- uh, like a work ethic. Maybe Ice T has this. Maybe he's. Irish. I don't he know. Wanted, he wanted to get a book out so everybody would know that his uh, voice should not just be on Comedy Bang Bang. Right. Uh, but he, so anyways, I tweeted about it. I was, I was so taken with the idea of Ice-T. Then a day, a, a doing a, a Judge of the Dragons uh, book on tape, the next day I get an email Inviting me to be one of the people because it's like an on Ice T's D and D thing. Well, it's not. It's not. Ice, I will be a label mate with Ice T. You would say, "What the fuck?" So, so they asked, "Will you come in and do this thing?" And I'm doing it tomorrow morning. Here's here are my other label mates. Here are the other people that are doing uh, that are reading uh, the thing. Michael Chickless. Nice. Now I'm gonna breeze through some names that maybe you know. Felicia Day. Woo. Uh, Melissa Rosh. Tom Felton, Greg Grunberg, Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Wait, Ice T. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Wh- which Al Yankovic? <laughs> Deposed Ukrainian. Not president. that uptight cocksucker. Oh, uh, yeah, good, yeah. Alan. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, the Ice T. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Here, here, here's where my kneecaps go all buttery. David Dukova, motherfucking <laughs> David Duchovny. David Duchovny. David Duchovny. How many? If you if you've listened to all eighty nine episodes of this podcast, you, you know have that a, you have instinctively a... when I talk about a sexy man, I yeah. blurt out David Duchovny. <laughs> Wait, okay, Dan, I'm maybe I'm behind the ball here, but like, there is a he he started doing this. Is Ice T's project or something? No, it's not Ice T's project. They, they got he them was, to read the books. They didn't oh, okay. write the books. They brought him in, and who's now they're the, bringing me in. They? It's who a kind it? of fellowship of like, like you know, as right. Aaron said, I want to see this pilot with these people being locked in a cabin. Is that wait? I have one more name to tell you. Okay, Sean Astin and oh, and nice. Danny Pudi. They were at the time of this email. They were going to try to get Danny Pudi. David Duchovny. This is a a television project. No, it's it's, audio. It's audio. It's reading a thing. It's a book on tape. uh, uh, You you said pilot for Ice. I didn't say pilot. Oh, I didn't say pilot. Sorry. Ice Ice T came in chapter one. (laughs) Gribnops had had it. (laughs) Did he write the down to three hit points? (laughs) Things were not looking good for Tordek the dwarf. (laughs) 
a moderate heal wounds spell took care of the last of the concerns. So you'll, you'll... However, business remained. So he'll do that, and then I'm going to come in and be like, also, here's another thing. <laughs> that was a really good great. Dan Harmon. All right, way. thank you. Adam Goldberg, thanks thank for you. coming out there. <laughs> Where was Adam, really? Yeah. I mean, boy, that, that, that couldn't have happened from the audience. They call him the elucidator. <laughs> uh, uh, Dan, I, I wonder, uh, and, uh, first off, a couple things. Uh, full disclosure, I like your iced tea impression quite a bit. Thank that's, you. That's a very good iced tea impression. It's nothing um, personal, Jeff. It's just business. When I, I, would like you to, I would like to hear a brief conversation between iced tea and Vincent Price, though. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just, just so we, just so I can hear that the, the how, many, how many Gandalfs uh, of distance are, are in between. So you're saying Ice T is coming over to Vincent Price's house? He's been invited over for dinner. Um, like certainly, yeah, yeah, whatever. Right. You want. And he doesn't know that for dinner I, sometimes I, means I'm going to eat you. I would say, uh, I would say that uh, Elvis Mitchell uh, is, is, is going to be doing something. We're doing an interview, but this time it's at Vincent Price's house. Oh, okay. you, you've been asked over, and you didn't realize, or Ice T didn't realize right. that he was. In, Coming into Vincent Price's home. Ding dong. Damn. <laughs> Takes a long time for them to come to the door. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the fuck? I'm here to do the Elvis Mitchell documentary. Yes. <laughs> I hope you'll enjoy doing. Uh, I think you're, you're trying to not be uh, iced tea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you're okay. I, I'm, saying, I'm, saying, no, I'm, I'm not okay, saying they're right. identical. I'm saying that they, they're, their Olympic rings over, overlap a tiny bit. Iced tea, I presume. <laughs> Please come into my house. I'm Vincent Price. <laughs> All right, but it's nothing personal. No, it's business. I. You know what we should do? I think at some point, Ice T should start rapping, and Vincent Price could do one of his famous uh, thriller style breakdowns. Yo, yo, yo. Ice T. Ice T on the. Ice T gonna get with me. I got the tippy to the two, got the four to the three. Ice tea, you're gonna put sweetener in me. Cop killer on the front to the four three. Aspect ratio 16-9. I got the high definition and it's gonna be mine. I go down to Best Buy, I go down every aisle, I go look at VCRs by the mile. Say, will this one have a tracking problem? I don't know. I got slob phlegm in my mouth when I get a cold. I want to go home and watch the old people roll past my porch. Yo, there's Larry Storch. He's an actor from Hawaii Five-0. Don't, I don't need your husbands or wives to go to Google it and verify my reference. I just want to rap and experience your deference because I'm OG to the OGO. That means original gangster got a old and a go. 
I don't know what it spells all day, but I'm ice motherfucking T and I'm not gay. Got a cop killer bullet in my penis for a gun. Gonna, gonna rub it till I start to come. And when the sperm comes out, it's gonna pierce the armor of a cop and... Then you know I went farther than I should have gone, should have left it back when I rhymed a couple times. Yo, yo, I'm Ice T rapping hard, and now it's time for me to do the Vincent Price Bridge. Spiders and skeletons coming out of your closet on a spooky Hallow's Eve. The mind reels with scariness. Fogs and fogs of scary souls. Blood in buckets of wolves' howls. On an howl's eve. Cop killer. Yo, yeah. The cop killer. Got it. Yeah, that's all. I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> if you did, if Ice-T didn't tell you Vincent Price was coming in, yeah. that could have been a very confusing album. There's a reason why. He's, when Vincent Price got the Michael Jackson call, he's like, who wants me to do a bridge in their popular song? Is it one of those people I sound like? No, this is Michael Jackson. Let me hear a recording of him. <laughs> All right, okay, I'll do it. Uh, Ice-T wants you to do it. Let me hear. Yo, um, Ice-T. No, I won't do it. Okay. I, that was a long walk for... Some, sometimes I tell you a joke and was, then I was, explain it. Larry Storch was on Hawaii Five-O? I think so. I'm going to go oh, no, 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 F-Troop. No, no. He's on F-Troop. 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 I told you not to look it up. Ice-T told you. I mean, I, I would love to find out that Larry Storch was also on, uh, on Hawaii Five-O. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Uh, the Harmontown documentary is going to be at South by Southwest. I forgot to mention that last week. Go see it. We yeah. want to fill that theater. Do, do we know what's going to happen with it? Or are they waiting for the festival people to decide how that will be released, distributed, shown? Oh, no. Yeah, the idea of these festivals is you show it and then I guess probably Harvey Weinstein will come up afterwards and go... I think America is ready to watch a movie about a fat alcoholic baby uh, do nothing. Uh, let's 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 put this in fifty thousand theaters, and uh, I mean that. Yeah. Barring that happening, I think we'll, we'll we'll you know we'll we'll it'll be in the fans' hands. I think it's a very interesting movie. I'll say one thing: it's it's a very fair portrayal of me, <laughs> which is a bummer for me. But that was but but that was up to you because this thing has gone through zillions of cuts. But you 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 kept going in there saying no, like like, like let's not pull the punches. Well, on don't that. mischaracterize that. A lot of people online are wondering about that, but I want to make it very clear, and it will be made very clear because my name's on it as an executive producer. But I think it'll be very clear when you see it that I couldn't possibly have had final cut. <laughs> uh, and I do, I don't. I, I the deal I made with Neil was for the feels and the wheel. <laughs> right. Uh, you, you dig. Uh, the deal I made with Neil was it's my tour, it's his movie you know. and I, I, I wanted to be able to try to help him and there were a couple moments where he's, he's doing a bit you know, if you're saying like, hey look at that look at that thing across the room and I just, I'm able to say you know, you, you should cut to that thing here 
uh, and it'll get a bigger laugh than what you're getting right now if you change it by eight frames. But I am not allowed. I wish I was allowed, but which is why I can't be allowed to say, hey, you know that part where I'm really abusive to my girlfriend? Uh, let's lift that. Uh, it doesn't, it, it would make a shittier movie and also, uh, like, yeah, I would be doing it for the wrong reasons. So I, th- I think it's very, I think it's an interesting documentary. I can't tell. I'm required to hate myself, required to be bored by myself. I watch the movie. I go, I'm always kind of riveted. I've talked to people who've seen it. They go, like, I want to see the yeah, whole thing. I, I, I saw a cut of it with Kate, and I watched it. And he's like, do you have any notes? I'm like, no. Like, I was in it. Like, I, my only note is I wish I could see the entire tour. Like, I, 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 yeah. it, it made me feel nostalgic. Which I think people will be able to. I think there's, like, 700 hours of things, including, like, 25 minutes of John Oliver. That would be worth $5 right there. There's yeah. whole, I mean, they like... This guy shot a lot of shit. They could um, show 17 hours of us singing Pringles dick and ch- <laughs> chicken chicken noodle dick. Yeah, there's a. I, th- I think what emerges is a very, very, very interesting portrait of a 41-year-old uh, idiot that doesn't know what he's doing at all. Okay, so, uh, uh, but I, th- I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. Interesting. There's a there's a there's a there's a depth to it too that has to do with the fans and the. That's my favorite uh, part. Without like, yeah. I, I don't think you can spoil that. But the best part about it, there's there's interviews after the, after lots of the shows with a bunch of people that came to the shows, and that's like I've seen several like different cuts and clips of that, and it always like it really chokes me up. It's really uh, like sweet and emotional. It's cool. Yeah. So we're, if you're within the sound of my voice, please come to that, that premiere. I hope whatever theater we're in, I think we're in a huge theater and uh, I want to fill that thing. We're doing a podcast. Then we're watching the movie and then we're all going to go out. And, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, are we sure about Cap that? Cap City's the, the I podcast? I don't know if we're sure about that yet. No, I don't know. Is that, is that I mean, because they, 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 they were emailing me going like, oh, the venue might be changing and all this stuff. Anyways, why don't we, why don't we put the onus on the bonus? <laughs> And bring out Mitch Hurwitz! Yo. Yeah. 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 Oh! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch Hurwitz, Arrested Development. Gonna fuck your mama, then give her a breath mint. Gonna fuck your mama, gonna do a Netflix. Oh, that's so nice. Fuck your mama with a hundred of my squid dicks. Oh, this is wonderful. Arrested Development. <laughs> fuck you for a season at pay the oh, rent. Robin, Robin, gonna stream that shit. Robin Netflix Williams contest. Breakdown. Robin Williams Breakdown. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, oh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> That's all I, I want. That's all I want. Will you I, remember any of this tomorrow? Will you like? Will you, will you hear this podcast and that's say a loaded like, question? Will you know. will you hear the podcast and say I do not remember singing about VCR tracking? <laughs> do you even remember no, now? I'm, I'm sober as a no. I'm it's relatively not that. speaking, it's I'm very just sober. That, it's just that it was such stream of consciousness. That was so impressive. <laughs> that's why my oh rapping my is so important. Can you not freestyle, Mitch? Have you ever tried? No, I, I really haven't. I think everybody's tried at one point. I don't point. know that I want to everybody's start tonight. Everybody's tried to handle it like, at, at a freestyle. Right? I was telling people today, like Mike Schneider, a TV guy. Do you know that? You know that fella? I like Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's all right. He's he has a, his yeah. moments. I, yeah. I was, it was explaining that you and I were now best friends. Yep. I don't want to smother you. Yeah. Uh, Only was, on stage, and we keep it that way. Like we just yeah. don't even we won't even look at each other. Talking about the intimidating like nature of like 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 like, like, like talk, when you you're oh, this is ridiculous. No. to talk about it. puts you on the spot. You're you're you you really like encapsulate wittiness. It's really oh, ridiculous. God, no, no. You know, it reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have nothing. That's 
No, it occurred to me halfway but, through that it's such a ridiculous thing to say to uh, somebody on oh, stage. Oh, that's very so. nice. But I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, but I was just talking to your uh, fiancé. Fiancé. Right? The two Why E's. you marry her? Um, no, well, listen. I mean, I think if we're going there already. Um, but anyway, I was just making out with... I was just uh. talking to your... And she said you were so articulate today. Like the the the, and the soul other shoes of dropping wit. here, yeah, yeah. I, think I feel more comfortable <laughs> with forty five year old people with gray in their hair. I, no kidding. I was a li- I wasn't thrilled backstage listening to kind of what sounded maybe like um, dissing, you know, white people that have some money. I felt like that was maybe <laughs> older people. Kind of felt like I think it's well, okay that could, to pull that could hurt thread, somebody's though. feelings. I don't th- yeah. <laughs> Really hurts. There's no danger there of anything happening though. Was if you're gonna Elvis, have a target. Was Elvis Mitchell being very thoughtful with you? What's he like in front of the He was. He was deep. Th- has he ever yeah. interviewed you? No, but I, I listened to his interviews, and he'll be talking about how is the he, movie Easy A. How has he never oh, interviewed you? Yeah, fired up. What? How, how, you, you've never. I, I'm surprised by that. No, I, um, no. Mitch, do you feel? Well, why? Because my name's Mitchell. Is that why? You just thought that would be like? No, because you created a resistance. We could do he ten minutes on the me. name. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, no. I haven't done it. I wow. talked to Terry Gross once. What? Yeah. Fuck Have you talked you. to Terry Gross? No. And right in the middle of it, she said, um, this is fresh air. And it really was like, <laughs> you know, it was like Hendrix playing the national anthem or something. It's like, <laughs> there it is. No, that's like, okay, that's the answer. I know. The reason why Elvis Mitchell's never sat down with you is because he's local. You're big, you're big league. You, and it, you got the Terry he, Gross. He's black, right? Is he black? I didn't notice. I don't see that kind of okay. thing. I guess come to think I, of it, I suppose, yeah. Well, I have a problem. You know, I have, a, I have that problem with black right, people. Right, no. So, so I don't, I'm not going to be part of it. Wait, Elvis Mitchell's black? Yes. I, I think he is. But Dan would know. Oh, you really should know. Now that you mention it, yes, he was. <laughs> I, I just, I admire your restraint in not bringing that up earlier. Yeah. That's the first thing that's, the first time you've... Ever had an encounter with a black person before that you didn't say the word black in the first sentence? I mean, I, I don't think we can forget, you know, the impression of iced tea. I don't think we should go. You but know what the, I mean? I don't, I don't think we should is, just let that, that, that go an, completely. That is, a, that is an accurate impression of iced tea. Uh, very and, accurate. And, and any, any stereotypical uh, landmines that I'm stepping on are, his, are, are attached no, to his feet. Absolutely. Uh, he great. sounds like that. You, uh, it's you're not personal. Something. It's just business. <laughs> <laughs> I eat. I, I love how it ends with I you eat. You telling me this lady was raped, then murdered? <laughs> it's SVU. Uh, it's him on the on the crime scene. It's a nasty city. <laughs> What's he been up to, Mitch? Him and his stand-up comic friend Richard Belzer. Um, what have I been up to? God, I'm being held accountable for so many things. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I, I watched House of Cards. <laughs> that really, that was fun. Are you, uh, well, t- okay, let's talk about that. Well, I don't know. I can't say anything about I it. I watched last season. The last season ended with him, like, going jogging and turning off his Walkman or something. You, I could, it, they, it, you know, I had no recollection of what happened in the last yeah, season. You it was just, just you sort following of like, it. And, yeah, yeah, but it was, it was fun. It was really, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and it helps, you know, like, um, it just helps you plan. It's going to sound awful. Ugh. But anyway, it helps you plan your own murders because you, <laughs> right, he because you see it. how he plans it. In case you haven't seen it, 
Um, he kills a couple people. and th- No, here's what I didn't get. Actually, one of the things I didn't get about it, that, but I just don't get in life, and you kind of alluded to this earlier. Like, w- how much is too much? When are you, There's one scene. Have you seen it? The first season. Yeah, right. You're right. Uh, there's one scene where Gerald McCraney is talking. You know, they're threatening Gerald McCraney. They say, we're going to shut down your power plants for two weeks. That's going to be a lot of income. And I'm just always amazed by that. I, I used to talk to Ron Howard about that when we did Arrested the first time. And I, I said, you know, if I had directed Cocoon, that would have been it. I would have been, like, you know, walking into restaurants and saying, Mitchell Hurwitz, director of Cocoon. <laughs> I certainly saying, what, wouldn't what, what, be just out there doing another one every year. What do you say? I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying that that, that ruthless ambition... I don't know. Maybe it's you're, you're, just in asking, all of us. Are and you it asking just gets, why these powerful men continue to play power games? Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah I guess that so. That always confuses the hell out of me. Why does Rupert Murdoch continue to care? Why? Because they're competitive people, and it's all about winning. They, 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 they are not used to being second in anything. Like Carnegie and... Uh, and uh, Rockefeller and those guys, like they, they, they resent that someone has more money than them. Like they, it's and they're not measuring things in terms of like a, a quarter is not a quarter of a dollar. It doesn't exist to them. That's not like this is oh no. Cer- I, I would say it is. certainly does. I think they know exactly what a quarter. No, is. No, but like. I mean it doesn't represent a, a fourth of a load of laundry. It doesn't. It doesn't no. translate into goods and services. It's a measure of. But a it video represents. Game the, that it represents playing. that bit of mortar and the brick in the house that I built with my own two hands and I pulled myself. No, up I, I don't think it. Do- I think it's just a collection. I think it's just like collectors. It yeah, must be. And these guys aren't bootstrappers. Let's be. I mean, I don't yeah. care how many millions they were born with. They were not. They were not born poor. Somewhere, like like, like so, some of the some of the robber barons, I think, were like were of, of you know like working class. Well, or maybe back before m- money was just being invented. Maybe a couple of them, by sheer coincidence, didn't have enough because money hadn't been invented yet. But yeah, money was pretty. Nice. I don't want to name names, but the but to, today's tycoons, I guarantee you, there's none of them that were born broke, or we'd know their name. We'd go like, that's the guy that was born broke and is now a tycoon. He was. Yeah, so, he some of them are very proud of the business. fact that they were only given fifty million to start their whatchamacallit. Oh, there. absolutely. That, that's Trump's story. You know, he took $50 million and turned it into a billion. <laughs> First of all, you got to put it's it somewhere. Easy. Yeah, you, 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 you know, could you, you put that in a money market account. The same thing happens. Yeah, and, you're gonna, and then you have a problem because you have more money and you got to put that somewhere. Yeah. It's a, you know, that's why I say I don't like it when we take on people that are white and make money. You know, it's, it's challenging. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like there's someone wealthy. Have you guys ever hunt- have, have Mitch, Dan, have, have the two of you ever hung out one on one? Never gone yeah. out and had like had had a lunch or a thing? How or? dare you? Yes. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. 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 You know where we? Are hung you out? asking about three ways? Is that what? <laughs> well, you're weird? I'm just saying. Tell like, him where we hung out, Mitch. Uh, I forget the name of the bar, but it was a bar. Spearmint Rhino. Spearmint Rhino. What was it called? Dry Bar. Dry, drawing. <laughs> we went to the Dry Bar together. God damn it! And we hung out at the drawing room. You guys have oh, the drawing room. You guys have never <laughs> been to the drive Never hung out together. I hung out at the drawing just, room with you, Mitch Hurwitz. You just colluded together to come up with he a story. Forgot the name of the place because he's never been there. <laughs> he's been in there. We <laughs> had a, a wonderful conversation. He and I are best friends. Jeff is not true. Jeff has some jealousy issues. He probably doesn't even know that I was the comptroller for when you were gone he comptroller I listened to it and you were wonderful Thank you so much. That is so big of Don't you to say. Don't let him high-road you. No. you. I think, and I think you're great. Well, thank you. You've never listened to me. Yeah, it doesn't matter who No, no, better. this is not a jealousy thing. You said earlier, Dan, that you, I said, did you make any friends at the, at the Elvis Mitchell thing? You're like, what's a friend? Yeah, I, I know. Make a friend. But I was like, I yeah. 
Like, but yeah. are, you, are you a friend maker, Mitch? Like, do you, do you, are, you, are you a gregarious? No, sort? I'm not actually. I mean, every time you you talk about me as being kind of like, you'll, you'll say things like, "Boy, he's kind of, you know, he doesn't look neurotic," or I don't know, whatever you say. It's like, no, I'm so neurotic, and so you know, if I'm out with people, I I embrace that. I'm always happy about it. But it takes a lot to get me out. Even when you talk about going to San Francisco and doing this tour and everything. Do you want to come to my wedding? I'd love to officiate. Are you? Do you need someone? <laughs> that gives me enough time. That'd be great. I would. <laughs> I will. I, I, you're you're on the short list now. Okay. For sure. I w- I'll be great. Are you I, mean, ordained? I won't. Are you, orda- are you already ordained? Do you have uh, the- no, but I, I have time now, and, and I won't make it all about me. I mean, you know, <laughs> that'll be uh, some of it. Obviously, I have to have an act, but because um, I mean, uh, there has to be a little Robin Robin Williams moment in the officiating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I have a lot of props around. Okay, oh, and I'll take a plunger, and I'll be you know like, oh, I'm a unicorn. <laughs> I can't. That wasn't Robin Williams. <laughs> So, My favorite Robin Williams thing, though, is the um, is is the the impression of the thing that doesn't exist anymore, which is the preacher. Yeah. Right, <laughs> you right. know, like oh, yeah. I, oh, the preacher oh, Jesus still, Christ, still making fun of the preacher. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, we're with you. We get it. We, he's an asshole. He <laughs> guy, that what guy a hypocrite. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the um, uh, no, but I could marry the hell out of you. I, I know now because I've been I've been married. All right, short list. It's like yeah. a, it's like there's three people on the list, and it's a I controversy. I couldn't stop sweating when I got married. It was awful. I, I was nervous beforehand, and and I was in New York, and I thought, well, let me just go for a, a run, and that'll calm me down. And I went for a run, <laughs> and uh, yeah, really, I went out into into Central Park, and and you, I ran you, around you, the whole reservoir. Tuxedo you, running in the tux? Yeah, of course, because you wanted to fit and move with you. <laughs> No, 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 no. No, I just, just a full spandex bodysuit, and I just went out running. Right. Just, just for speed. This, you know? is, ba- this is back when you, you were, uh, you were a, a known strangler back then. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I knew a lot I mean, of stranglers. I know con- what you're thinking never of. Never convicted, but you were certainly yeah. under investigation for I remember many years. I was jogging past those kids wilding. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. hi, kids. This is, you know, I just felt like part of the scene. Anyway, I came back and I looked at the clock, and it was, I had like a half hour. And so I, and I panicked, you know, I hadn't even tried on my tux and I, I jumped in the shower and I came out and I'm still sweating. And then I put on the tux and I had to walk like six blocks and then get up on a hoopah because at that point, I think I still believed in God and we had this Jewish thing. The hoopah's the, I'm going to be but honest you know you're about not my to get on top of the hoopah. That's yeah. like, you're not Gidget. Like, uh, Wait, what? <laughs> you don't get on top of the hoopah. That's why they were laughing. <laughs> But why it looked so triumphant? No, did uh, I say on top of it? No, I was right. But I had to get under. I had to get on top of a stage under a hoopah, and then there was a light right here. And the whole time, I was just like trying to very casually wipe away. It was like uh, Albert Brooks, and you know, just look. And nothing says confidence about getting married. Do you like just a well, total flop no, sweat. No, nothing, and, says, you know. nothing says confidence about wanting to get married. Like I should go take a run. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Like, literally, literally my ru- last run. Li- li- I mean, I literally just got running away from the scene. Yeah. Do you get in fights with your wife? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I've learned. I, I'll. I've learned a lot about. This is what you do when. Here, here's the. Here's the move. <laughs> Put on some spandex. Want to make run. sure Aaron's not back there. Just run. So nobody ever wants to apologize first when you have a fight. Not when your heart is pounding and right. your your arteries are dying. Go for it. You just go for it. Swoop you in. go for it. The you don't talons. have to mean it. You, and it makes them feel so much worse than any insult, you know. 
you know, how could you say that? How could you say that? There's a lot of that, by the way. We have a lot of, like, complete, you know, I just feel like every time, I feel like every time I, you know. Yeah. But, um, but if you dive in with, like, look, I, I, I love you. I don't, I don't want you to be unhappy. So I'll take the blame. No, I'll take the blame. Okay. <laughs> you know, they can't. Many women can't apologize first, but they can't, you know, resist. I feel like I was always so good at, at what you're describing, and I, f- I, I feel like I don't know if this is justification, rationalization, but I, I can't, I can't get out of that pit with Aaron, and I, I have to assume it's because she intimidates me more than anyone I've been with. I, I, fi- I fi- like I can't. I always know that you're. So, I've always been able to do that. Always been able to like find the high road right, immediately, right, right. and I can never do it. I'm get so I'm so like Here, mad. Actually, I was only half joking. I mean, I I will say that one of the keys to like my relationship being successful, I think, and by successful, I mean she lets me sleep with other women. <laughs> um, Safe I, crack. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. a that's a big success. That's once once you that's once the, you overcome that's that hurdle, matrimony marriage. becomes yeah. gravy. Yeah, no, it's not true. Um, but uh, it, it really is kind of it, it is doing what I just made a joke out of it's really trying to see that other person because th- that's really what anybody wants right is to be seen is to be acknowledged and everything right. you're doing in a fight is, is sort of not seeing them and, and kind of claiming you don't see me so when I, I if I can remi- remind myself of that I actually can sort of think like I mean I, look at look at your fiance I refuse to and I know that's a problem <laughs> Um, and you just go, oh, I love her. <laughs> I love her, even no, it's though she now, doesn't but understand. I th- I it's also, it's like, and also, it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know anything about Pokemon, but I know it has something to do with weapons or something or choices of attacks. I'm doing a, I'm doing a whole audiobook on Pokemon <laughs> next week with the, with the Harlem Globetrotters. Squingelet knew his tornado attack could yeah. reduce his enemy to a confused state. Doing it. I'm doing it with three um, cards Layla left. Ali and I. That's Muhammad's daughter. <laughs> Layla Ali. Are doing yeah. She's uh, for whatever reason they put us together. Yeah. I, I, I I I've done a show with Layla. You have not. Really? I swear to God. But on whose line is anyway? They brought her out as a guest. Oh my so God. Wayne Brady and I had to sing a song to Layla Ali, and she was awesome. She was great. Oh, that's amazing. And, but also, she you know intim- talk about being intimidating. Like yeah. she's she's a she's never lost a fight. <laughs> I've could, never lost a fight. Yeah. Have you, have you ever fought Layla Ali? I've never fought anyone. <laughs> have, you ever, have, you ever, have you ever thrown a punch in anger at somebody? Have you ever actually like, like, like thrown a duke at someone? I, can't, I don't think I can tell some of these stories. It was your wife. Yes. It? it was your wife. Was but, <laughs> oh my God. In my defense, you know, they were children. <laughs> no. um, and they were welding. I've come, I've, I've, more recently, I've come close, you know, like I, I do lose some sanity in those moments. I, I, I just feel like I don't care. I know. just remembered, and now let's bring Aaron out. I punched her in the jaw in my sleep. All right, Aaron, come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God for saying in your sleep at the end of that. Yeah. So, I thought you were saying I punched her in the jaw last Tuesday. No, I, 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 I physically assaulted Aaron in bed. Yeah, <laughs> I was having. We just watched Demolition Man, and I felt I fell asleep, and I was, in my dream I was fighting Sylvester Stallone in a ring, like I was boxing him, and he kept punching me, and I got I was getting so frustrated because your arms aren't moving and, right, yeah. you know. And then and I you... finally like, and, yeah. I, and I woke up and 
something was weird in the bed. Like I had moved, and my fiance is in bed next to me, going, "Ow!" <laughs> Massaging her jaw. Wow. And I'm going. Yeah. I'm slowly. I. I Punched I've done it. I, I, I mean, I have, and, and my excuse really was it's so lame. But I, you know, my well, wife Mitch, said, when you, you and I were together, you no, you have, no, he almost never punches. Um, uh, no, but I, uh, she, I, I said, she uh, said, well, what's the matter with you? You just punched me. You woke me up. I said, well, I was defending you, <laughs> which I really thought at the time because that was what was happening in the dream. But <laughs> yeah, it's. Not, I mean, Dan, uh, we've talked about this on the show before. Dan really. Uh, is very he's so verbose in his sleep in a weird way and a like a haunting way because it's not <laughs> it's riveting <laughs> i imagine i think most people when they speak in their sleep sound kind of drunk or disoriented but dan speaks very clearly and very like frightening weird non secular non sequiturs uh, also liter- non-secular, though. Non-secular. Uh, non- like, I get down to mythological physics. Uh, there is no God. God walked down for the... Yeah. <laughs> I actually think it's the best part of the documentary. I saw an early cut. It's all the what and that what stuff of you asleep. What if you spoke in your sleep, but it was all uh, gospel? <laughs> uh, yeah, Dan speaks in his sleep a lot. And uh, we actually... The other night when uh, I was watching... Uh, when Dan falls asleep, I'll watch a shitty movie for comfort. And Dan will... We've talked about this, this before. This is after you've watched Demolition Man. Then you'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then we'll go lowbrow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. There's Dan ver- Dan's version of a shitty movie, and there, there's my version of a comforting movie, like uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, or yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And Dan will wake up in the middle of his sleep and say, well, I mean, if if you're not in love, I mean, well, why don't you just fuck everybody at the wedding and just fall back asleep? <laughs> and... <laughs> I, am, I feel all the shame because it doesn't feel like it's talking in a sleep. She actually, feels, you, like, like, this is not a real, like, you, a couple of nights it's ago. A, it's, a, it's a one-sided thing because you, you don't remember any of it. You got up the bedroom because yes. I was about to fall asleep and you, this is a milestone in our relationship. <laughs> you left the bedroom to go wa- finish watching a romantic comedy in a different mm-hmm. room because you kn- knew, air quotes, knew that if you continued watching it in bed... I would have notes in my sleep. Yeah, and I wasn't mad. I I, I kissed you and patted your bottom, and I walked into the other room and. Uh, you, you powdered his bottom. I I, I patted oh, his okay. bottom. That, my, that's how he likes to be greeted. You know that. <laughs> my bottom self powders. <laughs> gross. No, that's beautiful. Gross. That's not gross. Gross. I think that's or, beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I got up. He. <laughs> He woke up in his in his sleep again and had a criticism for the very shitty movie I was watching, which is like telling somebody that Cheetos are bad for you. Uh, yes, I know. I but know. I'm sleeping. It's yeah. What? I'm sleeping. I know. Well, but then you wake. Well, but this is why we've we've uh, evolved as a couple because you woke up and you. I was. Uh, I hate to tell you guys what I was watching. I was watching How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Oh. <laughs> How to lose an audience in eight movie. seconds. <laughs> Dan, wake up. Dan, wake up. Dan, you just did it again, Dan. Fuck which that is a, movie. Which is a terrible Fuck movie. That movie. And it's like watching it as a woman, like it's really like it's really yeah, shame like on sexist you. and crazy. But so like mad about it. just the way the truth is that I like I like Matthew McConaughey's voice is like a song. Then watch True Detective. I do. Wow. Wow. It's so interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. 
Shoot Detective, yeah, yeah. Shoot Detective on HBO. It's a, it's the only show you got to check out. It's a serialized miniseries, so it's eligible for a different award category. I'm so into True Detective. I wanted more McConaughey, and I was watching. Then watch it. Dallas Buyers Club. Damn. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're a redneck with AIDS, what what you gonna do in your society's made your mockery of you and your health care? You gonna go bring the bear new new vitamins from Mexico. <laughs> Well, thanks, Dan. I hadn't seen that yet. <laughs> I, I watched it because, like, I have... I, I've watched... Wouldn't that be great if that was the musical event at the Oscars, by the way? It's like, you know, like, they just didn't get... Like, at the last minute, like, Dan, we heard you do an amazing tribute. <laughs> we haven't seen your Philomena. I'm sure it's amazing. And... I know I'm not alone in, like, the, the amazing discovery that Matthew McConaughey is, an, is a great actor... So it's funny watching him in these really shitty movies. So anyway, yeah. so yeah. so you will then watch Surfs Up, bro. Wait, what's it called? Uh, surfer, surfer. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dan woke up out of his sleep and criticized the movie, and I was Good. like, you know what? I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go to the other room because I know this is wrong. It's like I was doing crack and betting. I was like, don't do crack and bet. Yes, I know. Yes, I'll do it in the other room. So I kissed him goodbye. That movie's a piece of shit. Uh, I fell asleep at the point where uh, that movie spent ten minutes depicting, in real time, Kate Hudson learning to play a card game. What? Yeah. She spends ten ten minutes of that movie. What game? Is uh, it's called bullshit. bullshit. It's really charming. It's kind of like in Goodwill Hunting when they, they just take eight minutes to just tell you a street joke. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's just a it's story not a, point. It's not so a good it's like, oh, mini driver, tell us a joke. Okay, I'm going to tell you this joke. All right, once upon a time, and there's no like this is a medium that, 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 that invented that. the montage. Also Fucking the me- move past it. Yeah. Yeah. Show a calendar page going like this. Come back and say, oh, mini driver, what a great. joke. Joke! The Lumiere brothers knew to do that. <laughs> you fucking forgot it now? Yes, now? They didn't show My the whole horse race. My life is trickling away. So does two pair? Does that beat a full house? <laughs> She's just yeah. let's go back uh, to the like, start. Wow, the game of bullshit. You gotta call bullshit when you call bullshit. No, okay, bullshit. And you're supposed to be so delighted by the whole thing, and I just want to. Must be his voice it, is I'll, like a heart. Oh no, his voice is like a guy who's trying not to project. He's just mm. doing that. He's just doing that movie. Thing. No, that voice he's reaches to be, me. <laughs> Anybody all right, can, all right, all right. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't exhale as you talk, you, anybody can sound like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> it just, it's nothing. It's nothing. His voice is like, like a wave covered career, in icing. It's, it, a, it's like how Christian Slater started his career trying to sound like Nicholson, which is true, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Which is true, because a friend, my, know. my friend Jimmy knows me? his mother. And, or am I Christian Slater? Yeah, exactly. you, you, you named my other voice crush. Pump up the volume, like Christian Slater. Meow, they, meow. You know, but they're also just copies of other guys, because Matthew McConaughey is doing Paul Newman. And y- sure, you... well, well I, don't, I don't know, really? You yeah. That? Oh, yeah. definitely. But yeah. still, that that doesn't 
I mean, I still appreciate Christian Slater's voice. I think Paul Newman's a million times cooler and sexier than Christian Slater. I mean, not now, but yeah, right. I like when, I like when, when, no. when Kurt, well. Russell, Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China is doing John Wayne, and that's great, because he's just really? he just picks one movie to be John Wayne, and, and that's hilarious. <laughs> also, that movie, is, that holds up. Yeah, yeah, it does hold up. Big Trouble may, in Little may China. May I make a, a little announcement really quick? Uh-oh. Preggers. No. Impossible. Preggers. Congratulations, Anatoly. You did it! <laughs> it was pointed out to me that I was a little hard on you last week. I'm sorry. I, I adore you. And you look great. Look at Wes Anderson in the front row. Um, so, uh, quick announcement. Your voice is like an open. Well, he's... Uh, can we, well, I mean, I think... Uh, no, Anatoly, come, come on it. up here. Look at this Anatoly, every guy I did in college. Look at this Anatoly, we would listen to Bell and Sebastian. Look at Anatoly, he would tell me he was sensitive. Look at Anatoly, then he was afraid of love. What the fuck? That, that was your announcement? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, the announcement is, uh, everybody here... Um, Dan and I are going through our house and purging a bunch of things. And <laughs> oh, are you going to try to sell those fucking picture frames again? <laughs> this is crazy. He's, he makes so much money. You don't five five for ten dollars. Um, uh, <laughs> we we have a bunch of stuff, as as does I'm sure Jeff and uh, I haven't talked to you I, about this yet. I, I have no stuff. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I live like a Quaker. I have one chair and no one's allowed to sit <laughs> Dan and I have a lot of furniture there's a lot of old community stuff and there's a lot of like extra promotional things and I'm somebody who loves garage sales I'm also someone who loves 826LA are you guys familiar with 826LA which supports uh, kids learning how to write so we're having a Harmontown garage sale which will basically be uh, Dan and I taking all of our things and putting them in this room uh, all the proceeds going to 826LA. It's going to happen on March 23rd from 11 to 6 p.m. I'm going to be making a bunch of cakes. We'll have a lot of dirty underwear lined up. <laughs> Not literally dirty underwear, but a lot of clothes and things. And uh, uh, like, uh, just a ton of stuff. And I, if you love Dan or love Harmontown or just love things, come on out March 23rd in support of charity. Everything will be uh, garage sale priced. That's it. Great. End of announcement. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I don't know. Yeah. Mitch is going to be donating a lot of uh, his new... He's writing a new script, and he's going to put it on a thing. Yeah, all, all my of his stuff, ideas, his whiteboards. You know, and, all my stuff is brand new, you know, because I, I just throw away anything that, you know... I, I sort of live this... I mean, I don't know if it's environmentally sound. We think it is. It's, it's recyclable. Everything... <laughs> Is constantly new in our house. I mean, I like this so, jacket. It's in you, the trash tomorrow. You were tomorrow. feeling sexy when you got dressed tonight, right? What? You were feeling very sexy when you got dressed tonight. You clearly—I mean, really? Yeah. Does it know. seem that way? Knock it off. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Wake up! Wake up, Dan! Oh. Wake up! Oh. That's nice of you to say. Oh, you look. <laughs> I'd like to pay myself a compliment, but when I woke up from uh, my the love of my life punching me in, in the mouth, I I was like, oh, we'll talk about it in the morning, and just put a pillow between us and went back to sleep. You are you are the you are the second woman in forty one years that I have physically assaulted in my sleep. 
That was a third time I've been insulted, uh, assaulted by that dance. <laughs> my, my girlfriend, Allison, uh, in my 20s, we went to visit my parents in Florida. Wait, we Allison sleeping. with the flat nose? Allison yeah, with yeah. that broken <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, dated, she dated Elvis yeah. Costello. We were sleeping in uh, our parents' guest room, and I, I, at the time I was reading a lot of uh, alien abduction books because I was writing a script uh, that was going to be an alien abduction comedy. Uh, that I hoped that perhaps Mr. Sandler might read. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Uh, Kevin uh, James as lead alien. But I was, and, and I, and I, like, half asleep, and you're in that like, weird fugue state where you think you're awake, but you're asleep or whatever. I rolled over, and like, I realized that I was in bed with a gray. That's there was an oh alien face. Yeah. Like Whitley Stryber alien face staring at me on the pillow next to me. And I went, Aah! and I flailed physically. I was like, get this alien away from me. The way you would with an alien, you know, there's an alien laying you, in bed. You know who else has had that experience? Everyone who's ever thought they saw an alien, <laughs> by the way. And, you know what I mean? Like, but anyway, go ahead. And yes, I yes. flailed, and, I, yeah. and, and in flailing, I, I, my knuckles like, like hit. I mean, I hit my yeah. lover in yeah. the face, uh, uh, put, get, getting this alien away from me. And then came to, and my poor girlfriend is going, "You, <coughs> excuse me, that's not part of the story." Uh, the, the, I've my, never my, seen anyone sneeze on stage. <laughs> it's actually, the first it's actually I'm impossible. that comfortable. I, know. <laughs> I didn't know it was, it was possible to sneeze on stage. I don't think I never thought it was. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I must be allergic to entertainment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a lot, I've had that theory a long time, but now it's finally. But you proven. know, what was your name, Elisa? Uh, Allison. 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 <laughs> Allison she McConaughey. had a tattoo of a sun in the middle of her back and a, a half-made mermaid tattoo in the inside no, of her thigh. No, you're merging. You're merging two women. <laughs> Allison had a sun sun tattoo on her on her back. Uh, you're thinking of a different person with the mermaid tattoo. Uh, great. <laughs> Who is that person? Now I know there's another person. I thought it was the same person. I assume <laughs> yeah. that sun uh, she, tattoo would also have mermaid thigh tattoo. That's what you don't understand about women. <laughs> I know. I don't no woman no. would have both no, sun, those things. Sun tattoo on the back girl has Japanese kanji that says strength on her ankle. <laughs> That's right. I think we've all known that. It was a different time. And it was her own fault for probing you. Yeah. Right? I mean, that might have been part That's of it. Right. Maybe she was an alien. I don't know. Maybe I saw her true form. <laughs> that's interesting. But I, uh, and then, and then, and so there's, that's the second time that I've actually hurt someone that I was in bed with. So like you woke up and, uh, and your fists made contact. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you. Uh, Ma- Matthew, Matthew McConaughey reference. He was I, in the I, movie Contact. That's great. <laughs> but I've told the story before about Show's over. The, like, <laughs> Everybody out. I, I had a dream once where Bruce Willis was taunting me, and I was fighting Bruce Willis, and I was thankfully, thank God I was alone at the time, I was sleeping in a single mattress in my two-bedroom apartment, and, uh, and in my dream, Bruce Willis was taunting me, and I, again, with the thing where you're like, ah, I can't move my arms, and then you just go, ah, fuck you, Bruce Willis! And if, if it was witty taunting, it, that's how you can tell it he wasn't was just Bruce smirking. Willis. He was smirking. Like, yeah, no. Right. Like, like, like Capri uh, or uh, Seagram's Golden Wine Cooler's smirk. 
and, uh, and, and, and I just lunged at him and woke up as my fist collided with the plaster wall next to oh, my bed no. like oh, really hard and I, I, the thing that always blows me away about that is the idea that in some way of looking at the universe our unconscious dream characters they have a life of their own they exist because we make them exist and they're they're accountable to our our wakefulness or sleepfulness, they they resent us for being gods that they can't control. They know that they're going to all die no matter what as soon as we wake up. Which and, the real and, Bruce does not one, know. One, one guy in the figment of my unconscious mind, one hero, this Bruce Willis guy in one dream, knowing that, that he was going to die along with the rest of Dreamworld, like he accomplished this Promethean task. <laughs> like he, he, he bruised my knuckles. Like he got, he reached he out across you. the threshold between yeah. sleep and awake yeah. and fucked with me. And, and won a fight with like you. Like he is, there's, there would be a statue of him built outside of Dream City if, the, if those fucking assholes could live past a day. Yeah. He, yeah, right. He hurts someone. Yeah. He hurt one of the real people. Yeah. He'd well, be the president he of Dreams. Well, if, right. fuck Dream City because in Dream City they administered that fucking I can't run or walk and my, the, the, the gun doesn't yeah. shoot and nothing yeah. fucking works drug on you and so they, they, they always yeah. win those fucking Dream City motherfuckers. <laughs> fuck those Is this a real thing or is this a movie? <sighs> Sweetie. <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I tell you about the dream when I was JJ from Good Times and I was fucking Thelma the whole time? <laughs> You you get that in every show. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, never. It's like it's 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 an unmistakable agenda. Uh, okay, so amazing. Bruce Spider-Man Willis, not sucks. the not the Bruce Willis, not the not the sharpest dude. Apparently, did you read Kevin Smith's book? No. Oh, it's amazing. Kevin it's Smith talks shit about him. Oh my god, yeah. And and every other sentence keeps saying like, I mean, he's a hero of mine, and what a fucking asshole. And I actually was at a party with him once, and I had like you this, were at a party with Bruce Willis. Yeah, I was a I, my friend Kevin Rooney knows all these guys because he was a comic, you know, Bruce Willis. Willis, yeah. So so. That whole class of comics knows him, and and uh, he walked up, and my friend Kev was that holding whole a class of comics. It, my, my, it's true; it's like one year, you know. There's also a jazz musician so, somewhere saying, like, "Well, you know, Bruce was a jazz musician." <laughs> well, that was that's his real gift, but. Oh, but he, he walked up to my friend who was holding a cookie, and he wanted to make a joke. And the joke he came up with is, "What do you got there? A donut." <laughs> He smirked away. <laughs> Wonderful! <laughs> well, a donut has a hole in the middle, and this is a... Isn't that a crazy story? Uh-huh. I saw Bruce Willis at a bar one time, like, like when I was like 24, and I was dating a girl who looked enough like Demi Moore, too. You can say... Bruce Willis might have a Demi Moore type. He's got a type. And like, like she had like the kind of like like just above the shoulder black bobbed hair, like a similar size. Didn't look facially like her. But I was in a bar and in Hollywood, and there was like, it was like some sort of party for something. I don't know what it was. And I was going to the men's room, and like I was standing next to to my date, and he saw her from across the room, and did 
like it was like a Cirque du Soleil act watching him get across the room there's people in the way and there's couches and he was doing front like 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 tumbles and back handsprings and he was just, like he grabbed like a vine that we didn't know existed from the ceiling and swooped across and he went he, through an air vent he had to light it with his Zippo I saw somebody a German guy with blonde hair shot the glass and he had a, his shoes were off and he still made it and then the only the final obstacle and I could kind of see this this this, this Tasmanian devil of energy coming uh, navigating. <laughs> any slight uh, breach in, in, in the wall yeah. of humanity yeah. and furniture that was there. The only thing that was finally in his way was the guy standing right next to her, and he linebackered me out of the way. No. Like, just like, like, like. Just He's got to lay that donut he, line on her, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was wearing a skirt, and he couldn't wait to ask, Are those pants? <laughs> what are those wait, pants? What are you wearing? Is that a pants, sir? <laughs> I was at a I was at a Hollywood party once. Wait, 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 saw, wait what's huh? the end of this? The, the, the end of the story is me Sorry. getting up, and, and, and the thing is, he didn't see me. He hadn't made eye contact with me and said, "I must destroy this guy." Right. I was just simply a chess piece that was on an adjacent yeah. uh, square that needed yeah. to be like like knocked away so he could occupy that square. And wow. he just came up to her and just was laying this really like heavy. Not charming, just like hey, like like Spreckensy Punham, like look at this memory, you know, this old face, like 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 you and me, like I'm Bruce Wells, and she was like, she kind of gave him the flick of the shoulder, like go away, wow. and he went like just shrink, really? shrink down and just cruised off and kind of unfazed, like like was off to his next weird non-conquest, but I wanted to go like, hey, um. Fucking fuck you! Yeah, like, no okay. kidding. Fucking California. I saw him try to eat a tree stump once. He tried to eat a tree stump. Timing was better earlier. Yeah. Uh, it's one of these. Uh, it's one of these <laughs> times when like early, like it would have been like pew, uh, and then oh, I said I was at a Hollywood party. I've never interacted with Bruce Willis. I just thought like maybe the dumbest thing would well, be to try to eat a tree stump. Well, we have a surprise for you tonight. Let's bring oh him my up. God! Let's bring him out. Dan and I. Hey, hey, yo, 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 I'm Bruce uh, Willis, I... yo, yo, I'm oh, gonna hey. thrill this, yo, I'm Bruce Willis from What Die you Hard. doing? Yo, taking foot by mile yard, yo, hey. Bruce Willis in the house. I heard you're cool with your ex's new boyfriend. Thank you. You must be really open-minded. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce! Ah! Who are you rapping with? Who is that character? The you know you bring you bring some people out and they help you out sometimes. Thank you, thank you, Cindy. Hey, you're welcome. I'll be in the back uh, trying to eat all the paper. <laughs> anyway, that's she what she does. A totally, there's a side, there's yeah, a whole story. The, 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 I, I'm now, I, I never realized I didn't have an ending to that Bruce Willis story. I, I, I always thought it was enough to, to say Bruce Willis tried to knock me over, and actually kind of half did. I was like halfway to the ground before I like recovered. But the thing is, like, well, would you know think considered I'd rather be in Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. No, a, a, you good, know what a good ending to that story I would be? I need a good ending because... And I, then he went on to make, like, eight horrible movies. That's that true. would be That's a good seven, yeah. seven. 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 Woody Harrelson gave me a black eye. <laughs> Woody Harrelson gave me a black eye. We're talking about celebrity interactions. Who was the black eye? <laughs> This is this was 1853 when, when you were allowed to give someone a black uh, guy. Little bow wow. <laughs> just Wait, as a, just there, as a what, what, Valentine. What precipitated him giving you a black eye? Uh, through through a series of unimportant events, I ended up at a an, an impromptu basketball game following the premiere of Semi Pro, and. Uh, 
there were 10 uh, people that were really famous, and I was the only unfamous person at the UCB theater, and they were playing a pickup game of basketball on the stage of the UCB theater, which was really small. And I was the only girl. And Woody was like, hey, darling, come on. I was like, yeah. And I walked down. I didn't do that. (laughs) I I looked really cute. I was a little thinner. Um, And I walked down on the stage and uh, played basketball. And Woody Harrelson, uh, I was on the other team. And he elbowed me in the eye. Like Everyone saw him. Like He didn't do it on purpose, but he... We don't know that. No, we don't. I mean, I think, uh, listen, when you're playing a basketball game in the UCB theater, it's serious. I mean, you do what you have to do to make the fucking shot, I guess. And I I should correct it. The stakes are high when you're in the the show. Yeah, right. The the famous people that I met, it was just, it was a bunch of comics, but everyone was really like, oh my God, Woody Harrelson's here, Woody Harrelson's here. So everyone saw him like elbow me in the eye. And I went to the ground, and I, but I tried to pull it together. But then because it was Woody Harrelson, everyone's like, you're fine, Aaron, right? Because they're worried that the game was going to end because I like, got an elbow in the eye. That's terrible. And Woody was like, hey, darling, did I hit you? And I was like, no. But it, like, oh, he really. I had a black eye for a week because of uh, <laughs> so Woody the, Harrelson. The concern was not for a wounded person. Or, or, or maybe the only woman on stage, but that, that, that celebrity yeah. might might fly the coop. Well, I mean, I did. I didn't want to be wounded, but I did for the rest of the night. Everyone saw my face just get bigger and bigger, and everyone was pretending that it wasn't no. happening. Because you but don't I want did. him to say something like, "Hey, man, if everyone's going to complain about me busting their eyes, <laughs> I'll just go." <laughs> This I, seems like I, coming down here and playing basketball is I, not I too high maintenance. I definitely... Yo. 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 Woody there, Harrelson. There. Yo. Yo. Ow. Woody Harrelson. Yo. Yo. Woody Harrelson. What is he doing with there, this there job? May, I'm, been, I'm uh, chewing my cut. <laughs> Give me some Woody Harrelson rap for God's sake. Yo. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. Yo. Ow. Yo. Yo, when you rap like Woody Harrelson... Always, you, always, you always stop. Oh, when I, I stop when you start You rapping. always stop. Yeah, you because, always stop. Because you give me a look like you're done, and then I stop. I don't, give you, I don't give you a look like nothing. All right. Get out of here! I give, I, 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 I give you a look like like I'm on fire. Oh, oh, so I got to look like, get me out of here. No, I don't know about that. Okay, now, uh, can, now again... <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that your iced tea and your efficient prices oh, totally. You want to know what it would sound like? I'm if, if, if Woody Harrelson and Sammy Davis Jr. rap together. Wait. Because, <laughs> oh, God. Because, I mean, at least, at least it, let them introduce themselves subsequently. You know, you know, you know, you I don't know which one you're doing it. You know, okay. They're, they're different sides you know. of his mouth. Look closely. You know. okay. Look closely. You know. No. Yeah, that's no. Sammy. No, that was Woody. That was Woody. Woody goes no. on the left. No, Woody's no. Right. That's Woody. No. My name is Woody Harrelson. I'm here to say I'm from somewhere in the Midwest today. I gotta when I rap, I like to chew my mouth and look like I'm chewing from the south. Gotta kind of slur my lips around while I'm rapping on the ground. Triple palsy, Woody Harrelson. Triple palsy, Woody, Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. Hey, babe. Spiders crawling out of this closet. Wait, what is he? Spooky, ooky. Yes, this was creepy crawlies, babe. Yo, yo. Yeah. You you wanted it. You got it. No. Um, Tonight has been just a a field of dreams for me. (laughs) Yeah. 
And believe me, the last thing I would ever want to do is stop a beat before you were done but rapping. There, there was, I, a, there was, was a very was... subtle thing going on there because, you know, Sammy didn't sing, write the songs he sang. No, so he was doing a song that clearly Vincent Price, Price wrote. wrote. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very <laughs> subtle piece. Yeah, I mean, you know, the hey, man. The <laughs> but it's true. Most people who, have, who end up doing bridges, <laughs> there was a guy who wrote bridges to pop songs, and he was a very <laughs> horror-oriented guy. At, <laughs> yeah, so when you come in, you have to talk about spiders and coffee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's the best bridge man in town. <laughs> get me... Hey, kid, give me Clintock. It's a great song. I love the hook. The verses are great. But your bridge... Yeah. Can we bring in a professional? You, you want we McClintock. You want McClintock. He writes a spooky bridge. He's been, he's been Vincent Price's guy for 20 years. <laughs> but, sir, but sir, this, is, this is a love song. We're making a yeah, love it's, song. It's about, right? a, it's about a woman that I saw on a yeah, beach. But couldn't yeah, there be but a coffin or a ghoul? Kids love a spooky bridge. Yeah, give the kids what they want. They want the monsters to mash, and they want the ghoulies to ghoulie. <laughs> they want a celebrity to do it. Vincent Price... He owned the Spooky Bridge. Yeah, he did. It wasn't because he was Mr. Spooky. It was because McClintock's words didn't need the... the, the you know, the, the piano doesn't write the concerto, cocksucker. It's the fucking... <laughs> you want to work in this town? You want to sell records? You put a Spooky Ookie in there. <laughs> it's my first attempt at a Woody Harrelson... But the jaw yeah. thing is interesting. Wait, see, now you went jaw. You're going to move your mouth around. You almost went Jody Foster there. I know if you start to put hand. your tongue in your cheek, you got a little bit of share. 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 Woody Harrelson. Share. Woody Harrelson. Mitch, you do a spot on Matthew McConaughey, right? I, Can we uh, see these two guys at a drive-through movie? I'd rather, I'd rather <laughs> try to. And this is, I'm going right at it, but I'd, I'd rather show you my share <laughs> because that's what you were doing. What if, yeah. what if Cher came to a drive-through and uh, Woody Harrelson was, uh, was, was uh, working the drive-through? I'll, I'll be Woody Harrelson. Yeah, let's try it. Let's do it. Well, welcome to the burger restaurant, ma'am. Can I help you? Oh, well, I'm Cher, as you know. And I hate those tree people because they killed my husband. Well, I'm awful. Oh, no, man, no, it's sorry, over. Man. No, I'm giving you the look. It's, it ended. That was it. Yeah. No, this was not over. This one is not over. Share wrap. Understanding we... of trees. I don't care if we're here till midnight. We will be here till we'll serve fucking breakfast. I have dreams me? just like this. Are you telling me that? And I always punch my we wife. We came at the so end close of to share wrap. <laughs> You're kind of, what was your character? A little bit Lily Tomlin in there? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can, One ringy I, It's been a while. <laughs> Actually, as I started that, it was probably what you felt, which is like, wait, who's Cher? <laughs> like, it's been a while. I'm, I'm not joking. Dan, you, 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 you tiptoed into Jodie Foster on your... On your oh, on yeah. Your well, Dr. Lecter, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Woody Harrelson, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, goddamn, young lady, I'm Woody Harrelson. Well, I'm Jodie Foster. Oh, you know what? I haven't heard you do it in a long time. I love your Matt Damon. You do a good Matt what? Damon. What? Or, or is it Schraub? What do you use as Matt <laughs> Damon? Mad. No, no, no. Well, Wahlberg, I mean. I mean Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. You, no, that's that's Schraub. Oh, fuck, goddammit. That's a goodie. We should get him out here. I mean, I thought, <laughs> that was my first Woody Harrelson. I'm, what I am is an artist. Of, I'm an outsider artist. 
I'm not an impressionist. Yeah. That was the first time I've ever attempted and nailed a Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> if we heard Woody Harrelson, we could do it, though. He's got He's oh, just a man Woody Harrelson, you just got to move your mouth around a little bit. That is sling blade. Yeah. I want some French fry fritters. You look like Woody Harrelson in the last ten minutes of The People vs. Larry Flint. Yeah, is what I say, yeah. <laughs> or, or if you had Bell's palsy, or just Larry Flint. Do you know that? Yeah. Do, do you think there's any chance uh, that that Liam Neeson might rap ever in his life? <laughs> I mean, because I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know Liam. He's never. I mean, I'm a big fan of his, but I don't know if he's a rapper. It doesn't matter if you know Liam Neeson. <laughs> he's going to rap. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yo, yo. Yo, I'm Liam Neeson. Yo, yo, yo. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It doesn't matter if you rap or sing a song. I'm, I'm Liam Neeson. I'm from the streets. I'm going to tell you something. You need to hear it. Pay attention. Or you'll regret it. I'm Liam Neeson. But don't sweat it. Four o'clock in the morning, got a beeper on my cell phone going out for it. I'm gonna just sling some rock. Doesn't matter if it's down the block. I got ice to sling. Doesn't matter if I sing. I'm a fucking crack dealer. I deal crack. Deal with it. Neeson style Doesn't matter What it costs It's just crack Five dollars Sean Connery Spooky Bridge (laughs) Spooky Bridge by Sean Connery (laughs) Coffins With spiders inside Coming out Your mouth opens wide Spooky skeletons and ghosts. All kinds of S sounds. Doesn't matter. Don't listen to him. Listen to me. Don't, Sean Connery. What, Liam Neeson? (laughs) Let's go get a sandwich. It doesn't matter what kind of sandwich you want. That's my line. <laughs> now this was... It really has been a, a magnificent evening. Yeah, this show has crossed over uh, uh, for the first time into the realm of arts. In fairness, that, been... that was right after McClintock have a, had a stroke. <laughs> You know, and he was still like we thought. Does Look, he still have it? McClintock was what in his eighties or mid eighties? <laughs> yeah, he was up yeah. there. I mean, yeah, no, he he definitely started phoning it in. Yeah, <laughs> he would send people just stacks of index cards and what would say skeleton coffin coffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also made that deal with Brock's Candies yeah. at that point, yeah. which was just tragic. There was a, there was that billboard headline that, that McClintock's gone back to the grave once too many times. <laughs> right. You know. And then he did that whole Easter thing for a while. Oh, oh my I god. The, the Cadbury. Yeah. How can we forget? No, oh, leave him alone. And then he transitioned no. and made prom dressing. Yo, yo, standard rapper. <laughs> just rapping like a rapper. 
standard rapper just to play the straight line. Rapping about this, rapping about yours and mine. From the street, gotta rap it two and three. You gotta rap to the you, gotta rap to the me. Gonna rap about the street experience, gonna rap to everything, gonna rap to the difference. A rock moving from a cave. A messiah is reborn. A shroud with a face imprinted on it. Eggs hidden. <laughs> trying to figure out who this is. <laughs> I don't know who that was. I think it's Heston. That was. Was that, was that Heston? Was it Heston? Char- Charlton Heston? It was uh, Richard. It was Richard Whitmark. <laughs> was it that yeah, Whitmark? I, don't, I think at that stage of his career, there was no A-list people doing no, his work. No, yeah. no, he was going back thing. to the Whitmarks. People those were, who those, were, those were people who were selling you their CD outside Seven Eleven. It was just <laughs> with incense and stuff. It's, it's it's a shame to see a star fall like McClintock. Yeah, <laughs> ah, McClintock, the writer of the Spooky Bridge. <laughs> My friend Jim went to meet with uh, Jerry Lewis once to talk about making The Nutty Professor into a musical. And one of the things that Jerry Lewis kept saying is, I've got a prop guy, he's the best. And I think of that when we talk about McClintock. This guy, I'll call this prop guy when we're ready, he's the best. You haven't seen a, a umbrella this guy yeah, has an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, we're going to yeah, do a Broadway play. Have you play. seen the, 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 the Day the Clown Cried, the big, thick screenplay that exists I've never there? seen the screenplay. I know like about it. there's a note in the screenplay that Jerry Lewis wrote that says uh, about the shoes, and there's an annotation that says, we need to discuss the shoes with props or something like that. <laughs> well, that's when he found this new prop guy. Yeah. <laughs> you guys uh, ever take a clown class? I'm willing to show us. I, uh, take us through it. I, I, that sounded like I was about to teach you a clown class. I, uh, I thought I was sure that's what was coming this next. Cer- this certainly sounds like we're, we're in for a clown class story. Yeah. yeah, we'd love to take a clown class. Absolutely. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, asked, I asked a question because I think most people my age that were theater majors, you have to take a clown class and you have to reduce your personality to one emotion. And that is your clown. Right, Dingleberry. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> what was your emotion? About to yawn. Or something. That's, you know. Bemused resignation. Just an about to yawn clown <laughs> at all times. <laughs> <laughs> that face you make right before <laughs> nose starts to flare. Nobody gets this. What? I've been doing this. I, I traveled with this. You know. <laughs> I've been won one clown competition. Uh, I, I don't think this is totally representative of me, but when I was 17, my, my clown was like a, a really careless, clumsy clown. Whereas now... <laughs> How'd you <laughs> come up with that? <laughs> it was given to you. Yeah, no, to I was going to say, it's, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty standard clown. I mean, they're not great with their hands. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch if, you had to be, if you were in a clown class and you had to like, very quickly choose... Your, your essential clown quality. Your, your the essential clown quality. If it wasn't about to yawn. Yeah. Um, sleepy. <laughs> sleepy. Sleepy. Yeah. I think that would be. Professor Or actually, Susie. too hot would be a good clown. <laughs> Just <laughs> constantly like wedding sweater. It's too hot. Can you talk as a clown? Is that an, is that an option? You cannot talk as a clown. For your final, you cannot talk. It well, makes, the, that the, makes it too hot a little Cirque harder. to get that one word. They can go, meep, meep, and they can do that, right? No, no. Really? Yeah. Well, the, the Cirque du Soleil, when you start the show, and the guy comes up and goes, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Ay, ay, ay. 
I think I would do rethinking Christianity. Like it would be like a clown, a clown that was raised Lutheran, say, and or Catholic. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's like half the genuflection, and he just stares off. You know, big eyebrows. All right, so it's it's that it's that point in the show where usually for the last eight years or so we would usually bring out Spencer. Spencer Crittenden. It's not here. What? He's got the week off. That's right. Wow. He was. Uh, Dan punched him in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. he, uh, Spencer was watching, watching uh, like whatever chocolate, and Dan. Uh, <laughs> We had a Dan conver- stabbed him with a butter knife. We had a conversation about it, and it turns out, hindsight being twenty twenty, Spencer's the only one who was never told, uh, unlike all of us, uh, that he didn't have to do the show if he didn't want to. Well, who no. told him that? <laughs> Why no, was he? No one ever told him anything. He just like kind of fell into this this thing, and he, he you know he was doing this thing, and he felt like he had to do it, or else there would be horrible repercussions he did. if he didn't do it. And he wasn't having a good time doing it all the time, and uh, he felt forced to do it. And uh, we, we, we haven't really been up to. I mean, not that there is any like expectations that, that he puts on us, but we, we, if there were an expectation, we were underneath that expectation. Glad you said that. You as, should be more focused. As D and D campaigners, we're we don't. Yes, yeah, certainly by Gen Con uh, tournament rules, uh, we definitely don't rem- we bad don't remember D&D what happens. Played. We play too short a round. Yeah. We we all have an inventory full of awesome shit that we've never used. Uh, yeah. So we're to believe think, like, the word to believe that there's something that he'd rather be doing than playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> on a Sunday night for I, free. I misjudged this. What man. if we like? Yeah. I have to could, tell could, you. Could we? We should, we should have had him tailed and see where like, he's at the yeah. batting cages right now. <laughs> yeah. He's playing think, Magic: The it's Gathering. Really not, it's really not that he doesn't want to do it or anything. He he, he does. No, he, he absolutely like, does. He like, loves but, doing it. I think that. But I I would I would I was abhorred to find out, mortified to find out that he and I never really thought about it that he. He felt like he had to do it. That would I would never want anyone feeling like they had to do something. Like Kumail texts me when I, we never had a single conversation about it. Kumail texts me every week. Let's says either oh, I, I got a I got an yeah. early call time tomorrow or I'll see you tonight. It doesn't matter. Jeff always has a reason to. Uh, if he's not going to be here, it's because he's got some gig, and so we try to replace him. Uh, if we didn't, the roof wouldn't necessarily cave in. We haven't ha- not had a comptroller yet, but Aaron comes and goes. Spencer was brought up out of the audience, indispensable, <laughs> and and never like like you put yourself in his shoes and you think like he never actually had an opportunity to know whether or not. He, what if he were? What if he were to come up in the green room and go, "Yeah, yeah, I don't want to play D and this week. I, would just I think be, I would like to what go." And, would you like to play? Uh, we uh, can play something else. Well, that, so, there was that moment in last week's show, I think, where he said, "Like, what, why would my, why did you guys bring me up?" As we keep bringing him up and then not talking to him for an, a, like a, like a, a ten or fifteen or sometimes twenty minute span. Right. And he, you know, it's like he has every right to like to cater the show to whatever he wants to get out of it. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's a, there's a, never be a single person up here who's 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 bummed out to be up here. I'm, I'm a little sad right now that he's not here, only because I I love Spencer. Well, now it's, it's withdrawal. It's like there's like yeah. a thumb being pulled his, out of his, our mouth. His little table and his I microphone know, table. It's, it's, it's like sad. It's well, like, we have to we have to on the fly. We have to come up with it because we've also our show is dependent on Spencer as a closer. 
so we're just as guilty as anybody of like. Uh, I, I have a, I've got a feeling there's going to be some rapping. Hey, let's call them. <laughs> Why don't we call them? Call them. <laughs> call them. We'll put them on speakerphone. Say, we, and would, you have to be really quiet, and we'll say. Hey man, we just ended the show early, and we just thought we missed you. We just thought maybe you and I could just play some D and D. My feeling was Aaron's here. I'm just coming up with this now. We bring up someone from the audience, we that needs a problem resolved. I'll sit at Spencer's table, and I'll I wouldn't call it dungeon mastering because there's no dungeon involved, but we'll. Walk through helping them solve their problem. Okay, and I, I also can I add a pitch to that? I mean, sure, maybe, no. maybe you can replace that pitch. It okay. was a bad pitch. I, I mean, I don't know how easy this would be because we, we we won't have the character sheets, but we can remember enough because we don't really know our character sheets all that well anyway. That you go over there, sit down. I play the Spencer D and D intro music, and you ice tea dungeon master. <laughs> A little campaign here. You can make up all the it new characters. It makes sense. They could be new characters. We could pick a new character. It could be a dream se- sequence. Yeah, like I was saying, like you could try your hand at, at, at Ice Tea D- Dungeon Master, or is that too heavy and improv? Well, it also <laughs> gives, it gives you the advantage that next time you talk to Spencer, you can say, don't worry about it. It went better than it's ever been. <laughs> you know, and then, and then maybe Spencer will be I just don't want to wanna make a, I don't want to make a mockery of his domain. No, of oh, I see. No, I don't want to like use your characters, because we don't have the character sheets and all that no, stuff. No, yeah, so we can make up new characters. We could do right. that. I mean, we, we, so the, I the, say, thing, the thing would be a shallow mockery of what Spencer does very well. We're right. saying, for, we're first step the, is who, who, who in the audience? Somebody's already raising their hand. Who's this young man? Uh, Eric. Oh, Woo! hi, Eric. Do you want to come up here? Uh, I was going to ask who who has herpes. <laughs> Eric, you can sit there. Yeah, great. I guess. No, I'll sit there. Eric, why don't you come sit up here? Because so people can see you. I'll sit down there. They know what I look like. <laughs> Hello, Eric. Hey. So I had a book signing here like an hour before Harmontown. And it was fun. Nice. So first of all, I think first thing we should do is try to guess your problem. <laughs> would that make would that? You so, had, you, I'm going to guess had, lack of publicity. Book I said, yeah, I wrote a comic book called Loki, Ragnarok, and Roll. Is this just some cheap plug? You yeah. came up here to shill <laughs> no, your own no, shit? No, no. We're, we're, friend, so we're friends with Eric. Eric was at my birthday party. We're friends with Eric. Well, the problem is that nobody <laughs> came, really. That was oh. I had some friends from the, from the show here that came. Like, no All right. Well, okay, what's, yeah. now, now I'm sorry. That was cold to me. What's, what's the name of the book? Oh, it's called uh, Loki, Ragnarok, and Roll. It's like a heavy metal Norse mythology thing. That sounds great. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, it's selling well. It's, it's doing well, like, nationally, but, like, you know, L.A. is kind of, there's, it's a little bit jaded. There's a lot of stuff to do on yeah. Sunday. So. It's a tough market, man. Yeah. When I was your age, I'm judging from the lack of pores in your skin that you're <laughs> about half my age. I thought it worked on. I, uh, I, I worked in comic books. Yes, it's got to You can only You know who would have bought one of those? Spencer. I actually brought one for him and put it on his chair. Really? The only uh, day he's not here, so. Look, I, okay, guys, you, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get through this without Spencer. Just stop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop bringing his You're name right. up. Right. It hurts You're too right. much. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so you guys are gonna have to invent new characters on the fly, and this is the adventure of. Sorry, what was your name, Eric? Uh, Eric, yeah. Eric, what? Uh, Esquivel. Uh, Eric Esquivel. Dan, do you want to do you want to give us like race or class? Like, yeah, you give us what, you wanna, you wanna throw Dwarf, us? orc, human. Nice, uh, Eric. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be a dwarf fighter, let's say. Okay, dwarf fighter. Aaron, you're an orc cleric. And uh, Mitch, you're a human. I'm a human. Maybe I work for the DWP or something. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. All human, right. D- human, human civil servant. Yes, Great. He's a, he's a, he's a, a half-elf resources. Yeah. All right. And my, you know, my, uh, my salary just went up, obviously. And Eric, Minimum you're, just, wage. You're, just, you're just part of the story. You're like, a, you're a, you're like an objective. We'll evolve you sure. in a second. Okay. <clears throat> How are you? Ice T is dungeon mastering. <laughs> Your intrepid party has been traveling for several days across the lands of Galgafor. You trod, hoping that no encounters will occur. Finally, campfire after campfire, you sleep. The sleep of the damned. <laughs> when you wake up, uh, you're ready to go again. And you do. So you walk and you come upon a comic book store. It seems like there's nobody there. You look around and it confirms your suspicions. Nobody there. It's empty. It's not personal. It's business. <laughs> so begins your adventure. I'll start the combat or whatever you choose to do <laughs> based on my role of initiatives. This has been Ice T introducing Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. Bitch. All right. I put it at Jeff's turn. I approach the door to the comic book store. You approach the door to the comic book store. <laughs> it seems to be locked with a device. I take my, uh, my, 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 uh, my, my great sword and I, I try to jimmy the door open. Now, hold on. You just approached. It's Aaron's turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing personal. That wasn't the... It's just business. That, 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 was, that, that was a standard action. That wasn't, that wasn't a full move action. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, were 10 feet from the door. Mr. T, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not, Mr. T, Mr. motherfucker. <laughs> what? Mr. Ice T. Mr. Ice yeah. like, like, All right. Yeah. All right. God damn. It's not personal. All right, Aaron, you observe Jeff going up to the door, trying to unlock it. Yeah, it's your turn. No, no, I'm asking you what to do, what you want to do. I detect magic on the door. Waving your arms in a magical manner. (laughs) You sense that the door has an enchantment spell on it. It could be some kind of magical glyph. It could cause damage upon opening. But you don't know what type. Okay, Mitch. Well, you know, I've got the DWP truck out front. And... um, And, you know, I could just... I, really, I could just say the city wants to come in and check the pipes because that's the kind of shit we do with the DWP. <laughs> we you call check. that through the door? Yeah. To who? To who? You don't see anybody. I, well, I do see one guy out there. You don't tell me who you see. guy. 
I don't tell you that. I'll tell you who you see. Okay. It's an empty comic book store. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, it looks like. Uh, looks do you like want to roll a perception check? First thing I check? do is I, I turn to the cleric and I say, "What's going on here? Are they sell them Loki comic books." <laughs> 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 then, what's your perception? My perception, what I see through the crack. Pick a number between no, one and like thirty. No, just say a number. Oh, I, I perceive twelve. <laughs> <laughs> You see that there is a comic book store employee inside. His name looks like his... Well, you can't tell a name from looking. Yeah. yeah. But he, he catches he looks your like, eye. Yeah, it looks like his name is Buzz, but I would have no way of knowing. You see yeah. him, and he looks at you, and he's like, Okay, uh, Eric, you're inside the store. They don't, they're not with you. You can't talk to them. You can't see them. You can't do shit. It's nothing personal. It's business. I I, I say to my uh, to my ocelot companion, Chunky. Chunky. Chunky says what? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Chunky. Remember in the and the and and the and the, the ice caverns of of, of Strumple months? Yeah. <laughs> when you climbed through that small crevice to, uh, to 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 find the key and unlock us out of that prison? Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to climb through the mail slot cuz you're perfect mail slot ocelot size to climb in there and see if you can find some way to uh, to 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 undo this glyph. What's your animal husbandry? It's uh it's I I'm a uh, I'm a plus 7. I Chucky moves through the mail slot with adeptness and precision. You see his tail wag out of sight as he disappears through the mail pr- slot. <laughs> I put it in Aaron's turn. <laughs> Be mindful of your surroundings. <laughs> because... Aaron, what are you going to do? I, I'm just bummed out that I, that I, I did better in that move of D&D than I've had done the entire time as my other character. <laughs> Why am I more invested in this new dwarf character? Aaron, you observe this ferret go through the o- slot. Ocelot chunky. Ocelot shit. <laughs> uh, I use speak to animals. You sp- uh, uh, and I when- speak to the ocelot. And ask him to let me in. Okay, cool. You speak to the ocelot. The ocelot says, I'm inside, so... <laughs> let me in. Let I, me in. What's your... Um, A hundred. <laughs> One hundred. I've been playing for 45 years. <laughs> The ocelot, you hear scurrying and scampering upside the door side. (laughs) Scampering of claws on aluminum. It seems rodential, but you can't be sure. (laughs) But I know it's him, so it. You don't know shit. (laughs) All you know is you're outside a door. (laughs) That's not personal. But my, but because my intelligence it's is zero, business. I forgot that I. <laughs> Sorry, what? So you telling me an ocelot went through the mail slot? Damn. You people can keep this city. 
Shit. You hear the scurrying after a brief bit of business? Nothing personal. Just a clack and a latch. And the door egresses, opening wide its doorness to your surroundings. The door's open. I call Chunky to, back to my shoulder where he's safe. Ch- hold on. It's Mitch's turn. <clears throat> Mitch, you saw an eye slot go through a mail slot door open. It was confusing. <laughs> I think I, I, I go in and I, I say, guys, let's keep our eye on the goal and not get sidetracked, browsing, flipping through, you know, buying like Mr. You always Mr. tell us Burns. what to do. You yeah. always tell us what Yo, to do. Yo, as soon as the door opens, six ogres start shooting arrows. <laughs> what? You didn't ask. Yeah. You didn't know. All you know is six ogres roll, in, the, in the nonfiction section. Roll, roll, roll my evasion. I'll roll your evasion when your arrows come at you. <laughs> I need you to all roll initiative. I'll roll it for you. Shit. Oh, y'all got low initiative. Ogres got high initiative. Arrows coming from everywhere. Three coming at Jeff. Two at Aaron. One at Mitch. Of the three coming at Jeff, one hits. Six damage. Fuck. Aaron gets hit by one of her arrows. The other arrow misses Mitch. It flings off your shoulder like a flea on a brick. I, like a flea. Okay, you know, like if a I, flea was on a dog. No, I, I and the it. dog walked past a brick. Yeah, and the yeah. flea took the took Not the calculated risk. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> And the flea took a calculated risk of trying to trying to transfer itself. Maybe it wasn't having luck with the flea business on the dog. So it jumps to the brick because it can't tell a dog from a brick visually. Jumps onto a brick. Get, get no blood. No dog blood. Doesn't matter. Sorry. I well, since they seem to be kind of face blind... I guess I, I, I try to convince them that we're ogres, too. Mm-hmm. That's how you want to spend your turn? <laughs> Thinking about shit? <laughs> no, no. No. I yeah. advise against it. I don't, usually, against it. No, okay. I don't usually dip okay. in, but he it's not a, a wise use of your turn. Just because, just because Mitch works for DWP, he has a huge intimidation and bluff uh, ability. Yeah. All um, right. Well, you got... That, that's what, how I got the job the DWP. What's your willpower? Uh, I would... <laughs> three? Sixteen. All right. And you doing what? I'm convincing the ogres they're on our side. You're saying what? Tell me. You gotta oh, make your case. I'm saying, um, let's shoot Eric. <laughs> you don't. No, who's, I'm not. Who's saying that. Eric? I'm not saying that. I'm saying, uh, hey guys, we were just sent over from the main building, and they are you guys ogres? Because we're ogres, yeah. and we're supposed to join you guys. Keep What's your charisma? Out. What's each of your charismas? I want to know. Jeff's. I'm a twelve. Aaron. One hundred. <laughs> Mitch. I'm up there. I'm at twenty-six. All right, hold on. I got a lot of calculations to make. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, the ogres seem to agree. They look at each other and they're like, okay. They speak ogrish. Yeah. Yeah. And then they seem to relax. When the lead one, one who has plumes of feathers on his head, and he's got sp- Yeah, that's Gary. Skull bones <laughs> on his head. That's Gary. A- he comes over. With the feathers on his looks head? Looks over at you. Gary. He knows you. Okay, cool. Yeah. He says, come on in. Come on in. You all ogres? Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Come on in. Hey, we got to borrow. Come we, in. We got to borrow some arrows. All right. He, com- he lets you come in. He closes the door behind you. He latches it with magic. And some hobbits come out outside the door, and they're trying to get in, but they can't get in. Yeah, well, that we're just, closed. That just goes to emphasize the threshold you've crossed. <laughs> Lesser heroes have failed. Business. <laughs> All right, you look around. You see Eric sitting behind a table. He's got his comic book. It's called Loki. It's got unglots above the K. It makes no sense. It's metal, man. It's metal. It may be. It's a misappropriation of a... Of an unglots. Of an ancient uh, linguistic device. You get the picture. You, it seems like he wants you to think his comic is metal. But Unglot's above a consonant? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Still, he's sitting there. He's got a stack of them. He's got Sharpie pens, (laughs) like paint color. I go up to the uh, Loki comic book, and I I do a uh, perception check on it. Or or detect magic or something. You see it's about 33 pages with ads. (laughs) There's splash pages. The art looks good. I don't know. <laughs> it's stylized, but still clean. <laughs> I look up and text my mom, telling her the signing's going really well, and I wave. <laughs> the lettering is is legible. <laughs> I, I say to Eric, uh, 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 is there? Uh, uh, I, we were told uh, on our last mission that there was a there was a, 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 a scribe who who hit uh, who put secret magical codes inside inside texts, and we were sent in this direction. Uh, do you know anybody like that that, that that hides secret magical messages inside books? He has uh, no fans, two thumbs, and he's right here. That joke doesn't work at all. Yes, yes, it's me. Yeah, yeah. No, for me, I, I'm, I'm a dwarf with low intelligence. I laugh as hard as I've ever laughed. He has two thumbs. Because we all have two thumbs, but he was pointing at Jesus Christ. I call my editor immediately and hand the phone to you. The two of you are watching this happen. You think they may have ass burgers. We, we knew that was a risk when we came to a comic store. What's your perception, Aaron? Uh, we know what my perception is. 100. 100. Yeah. Okay, so you, you sense no one else does. There's a green gas coming down from the vents. Uh, it's coming down like slowly at first. No one notices, but you notice. Maybe Doug Benson's shooting a podcast upstairs. <laughs> nice. 20 experience points. <laughs> That's good. That's good podcast shit. I like that. It's cross promotional. It's business. It's what I like. I hate. 
I don't. I just want to take a, a moment aside to tell everybody that doesn't know. I hate the personal. Right, you're a. You're I a enjoy C-corp, business. Right? Didn't you just recently incorporate? You're a C corporation. Yeah, I, I, I graduated with an MBA in business, non-personal business. <laughs> Seems like it. I I loathe the personal. Yeah, and I I applaud the business. Is that, is that what attracted you to show business? Yeah, because it's a business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not, yeah. It's not about don't... personal show. I examine my surroundings and look for staircases that might lead... Oh, okay, we're back in the game. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll ring that bell. <laughs> Ring-a-ding-ding, motherfucker. Okay, that, That's go. the bell. That's the bell. All right. Okay. That's his bell. Sorry, I don't mean to take charge. I look around for a way to get upstairs. And but see. I'm the dungeon master. I understand. You're doing, right. a, you're doing a great job. Sorry. Mr. T. Okay. Mr. Ice. Jesus Christ, Ice. man. Your character's going to be fucking hanging from a thread, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Running around inside a fictional universe I control. Talking shit. I'm not precarious you, position. I'm not saying you're Mr. T like B.A. Barakas. I'm, I'm saying I'm like, you're Mr. addressing me Mr. formally. Yeah, Mr. I get Ice-T. it. I get it. But I see that probably that's that's something yeah, you, you probably I get understand. a lot and don't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't the first to tread in that territory. <laughs> Has anyone ever said that you sound a little bit like Vincent Price sometimes? What's your move, man? I look around for a way to get upstairs. Are there stairs or some sort of way to get to, the, to where the gas Moving is Moving your from? eyes around in a visual manner, you take in your surroundings. You see that there are three flights of stairs. One north, one south, and one east. Um, I, I send Chunky the Ocelot up the, up the eastern one and, uh, because he's a, he has great stuff. Okay, you spent a turn looking shit. Aaron... <laughs> Uh, Ocelot's at the ready, though. He's at the ready. Th- thank you, T. Aaron. Uh, because I see the, the gas, I cast a painter's mask. <laughs> and then I, uh, I start r- running up the north stairs, and I look back at, at Mitch, because we have that packed from so long ago. Well, also, I- we just see each other. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> hi, hi, you guys. Okay, you all need to understand turn-based combat. You cast a spell. As I understand it, Painter's Mask takes one full round and it has a manual component, meaning you wave your hands, and a, and a physical component. Also known as magic chalk. Or you have like- a lizard tail in your pouch, that makes it possible to cast that spell. Mm-hmm. So you do. For, for all of you that are observing her, if anyone's looking, what you see is a mystical astral painter's mask appear over her face as she runs up the north stairway. Now, she's trying to look back, but I need to check your agility because you're, you're talking to other people while you're doing it. Okay, look at, let me look you at my You trip seat. and fall on the stairs. Mitch, it's your turn. The gas is still coming down. The gas is coming down. So All the another, ogres are another, starting to look around at each other. There's like, another... These might not be ogres. Oh, they're that's starting, a good point. They're starting to look at each other. That's good. Okay. Mitch. Um, so I'm going to... Her wits. <laughs> well, I don't know that that's this guy's Creator name. of Arrested Development. Well, I mean... He's working Netflix, for the Netflix motherfucker. Okay, well, we had a meeting about doing a spin-off very briefly, uh, just called Order. Um, so I go up. I, I go up the. Uh, there's another staircase, 
And I think there's you're going to like that. I thought there were three. There's three total. Three total. <laughs> yeah. But Aaron's up one. Yeah. Um, and I go up the third, and I, I use my special walkie-talkie to call a guy named Chet McClintock. Oh, shit. Who creates a bridge, you guessed it, from one stairway to another. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't even call him directly. I call him back. It's a callback. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you call McClintock. I call back. The writer McClintock. of Spooky Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. He enters through the skylight. But first, there's a rap by Robin Williams. <laughs> Otherwise, there can't be a bridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's nothing to yeah. bridge if there's no rap. Oh, <laughs> I'm climbing up, and it sure seems windy. Oh, I'd give anything to be back with Mindy. Uh, what was the name of that movie? Toy. Patch Adams. Patch Adams. I tell you, uh, I tell Aaron to go Adams, <laughs> but not in the style. With a big red nose like that. That didn't work. Um, a thousand I'm, spiders climb out of an eyeball and spooky fire up your face and nostrils. Skeletons come out of the dark coffins and bats hang out their asses. Climb up their assholes with rats and glasses. Everybody's spooky with blood and guts. Oh, shit. I just bust a nut. That's Hermantown, everybody. Thank you for coming. That wasn't a good ending. It's not personal, Dan. That's, uh, we need Spencer back. We need Spencer. Spencer, we miss you. Let's hear for Spencer, everybody. Aaron McGathy, Mitch Hurwitz, Eric with Loki. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed.